0: Welcome to All Things Pilates, Season 4. Though we can't know exactly what Joseph Pilates was thinking or feeling towards the end of his life, we do know he wanted the entire world to practice contrology, and that want has certainly become a reality. Hello everyone, I'm Darian Gold, and here on All Things Pilates, we discuss the man, the method, and how his genius continues to influence and inspire. This podcast has featured first-generation Pilates teachers, second-generation teachers, authors, photographers equipment owners and even a pilates historian but i've yet to feature just a regular guy who has taken a liking to the pilates method i thought it might be interesting for us to hear from a pilates civilian if you will who also happens to be my bil brother-in-law john vignola or jv as everyone calls him when i was healing from covid My sister and JV were so gracious in allowing me to recover at their house. On the days that I felt strong enough, I'd work with JV and teach him some of the mat exercises and stretches to help him free up his chronic achy low back. As a lifelong athlete, beginning with high school and college gymnastics, JV spent decades weight training and participating in bodybuilding competitions. However, a back injury he experienced over 28 years ago never fully healed. That is, until I introduced him to the Pilates mat work. Astonished by the immediate pain reduction, JV wanted more and joined one of my weekly mat classes. As you will hear in this insightful interview, Pilates will help anyone who puts in the time and effort. Hello, J.V., welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Darian. Thank you for having me. This is an honor and a privilege.
0: Thank you. J.V., when you were in gymnastics, was there an emphasis on injury prevention?
1: Yes, there was. And I think inherent to the type of sport that gymnastics was, there was more emphasis on injury prevention than many other sports. Let me explain. Gymnastics is an inherently dangerous sport. On the physical body side, you use your upper body more than just about any other sport. So on that end, the injury prevention was on having loose muscles before you started anything uh, because You use your shoulders so much and if you hurt your shoulder, you were out for the season because your shoulders were in gymnastics, the equivalent of your legs in football. You spend most of your time and doing all your tricks are upside down. You're on your shoulders and in my particular apparatus, the rings, you were in a handstand position for most of your routine. And a lot of the other uh, apparatus were like that also. So it was old school, please have warm muscles before you start anything. And you you knew when you were warmed up, um, if you were in a cold building or a cold auditorium, you would go find yourself a sauna or something want to you get yourself warm because you did not want to go and perform your routine with cold muscles. The other side, the dangerousness of the tricks themselves. Well, that was, I considered the other side of injury prevention. And that was these tricks were dangerous. And you learned similar to uh, people in the circus. See, Darian, you know this because you were a gymnast also. When you learned a new trick, you had a, a, a belt with the pulleys crash pads. and crash pads because when you were learning something, you had uh, your, your learning curve until you got good at it was you would fall down and, and not land right. And uh, all of this safety apparatus they had was to, to help you come along till you got the, the trick correctly.
0: In my opening, I told our listeners that you had injured your back about 28 years ago. It seems like forever ago, right? What happened and how did it happen?
1: Well, as an ex-athlete, I was always participating in all kinds of sports. I loved playing softball, and uh, I injured my back in a softball game in the mid-90s, and it happened like this. One particular field that we played in had a very dangerous outfield fence. I played the outfield. What was dangerous about it, it was waist-high. I mean, I never liked it from the very beginning, but I had no choice. Uh, a lot of the games were, were at this field, and sure enough, I played the outfield like a dog. I loved chasing fly balls, and I thought I could catch anything, but this fence was always a bugaboo, and it finally got me. One, one night at a night game during the summer, I ran back on a home run ball that that was definitely over the fence and I lost track of that fence and I ran into it full speed sideways and it bent me in half. Uh, and I flipped end over end and, uh, it knocked me out for a, for a few minutes, but, uh, uh, it was an it was the end of the game and an ambulance ride because I had severely injured myself. Wow. I went to the hospital and was checked out and had all of the scans and they determined that I luckily had not injured any of my bones or organs or anything physical. However, I was in severe pain and had to figure out a way to get through it. And I went to many doctors and many sports doctors and was not able to get rid of the pain. It was very severe. I had never experienced anything like that in my life. And for the first three months, it was, uh, I had pretty severe sciatica.
0: Could you walk?
1: I could walk, but only straight up and down. I could not bend over and I could not get rid of the pain.
0: And the kind of rehab you did? First
1: before rehab the strategy was from the doctors to get rid of the swelling to get rid of the pain and so i had all of the standard shots to reduce the swelling and none of it worked absolutely none of it and i had i was left with uh one year later after the injury and not being able to conquer the pain i was recommended to have the nerves cauterized in my lower back and I immediately said, absolutely no way are you going to do that. And I lost a lot of respect for the, for the doctors that I was seeing because that was no answer. I have a lot of common sense. Uh, I m- may not have a degree in many things, but I have common sense. And if I had scans that said I had no physical injury in my back, but I had a lot of pain, So cauterizing the nerves in my back, that was a shortcut as sure as shooting for them to be able to cure this problem.
0: It doesn't sound like they were that concerned over your full recovery.
1: Well, I think it was these doctors that I went to were considered the best sports doctors. They took care of all of the professional sporting teams in the area that I lived, but they were so busy. They had a great reputation. I remember that I had to wait 45 minutes for for every appointment. They were considered the best. And ironically, because they were considered the best, I had the least amount of care. They had people coming in and out of there and I was just another appointment. And I know they weren't thinking of me. They would look at my sheet 2 minutes before I walked in the office and uh and when they were done I was out of there and so that's all they would do for me. So uh, I think that their their specialty and their expertise was on the surgery end, not on the the healing end. Uh that's that was my conclusion. So I had to do a lot more research because I was still in a fair amount of pain and I was not very flexible. I had lost all my flexibility.
0: Your gymnastics flexibility?
1: It, it lost my gymnastics flexibility. I lost my normal flexibility. I could not bend over. Uh, I could not... Uh, Stoop down, and I used to be able to stoop down and be and have my butt touch my, my the back of my feet, feet, uh, just like a normal person.
0: <laughs> I don't know about everybody's, I don't know if everyone can do that.
1: Not, not everybody's well, I thought that's what I had. I was able to, to squat down and go as low as the bottom of my the back of my feet.
0: Oh, I see. So you did a deep knee bend or a grand plie for those of us in the dance world, and your bottom could touch your heels.
1: Right. I was pretty flexible because and this was all from gymnastics. A lot of uh, I stretched, I used to stretch. So I consider myself as to having above average flexibility for for my age. And that was all because of gymnastics. And I had lost all of my flexibility from this accident. So
0: at what point did you start? Were you healthy enough to go back to some kind of workout?
1: Well, I went I never quit. My modus operandi was do what you can do and then hopefully someday they'll have an answer for this. So I didn't slow down doing anything. I was limited in what I could do. And my workouts were not very good because
0: you had such a r- limited range of motion.
1: Limited range of motion. Many of the uh, uh, exercises that I did would cause pain and uh, I couldn't push through it. And so I would say I was limited um, in my capacity, but I never stopped.
0: Before I introduce the Pilates mat to you, because now we're talking 2021, can you describe the kind of training that you did? Did you go back to the gym and, and weight train like you did before?
1: Yes, I did everything that I could do before. I I didn't stop doing anything, like I said. But I was missing two components, one that Pilates gave me and one that I found on my own. And I will explain the one that I found on my own first. I had severe limited range in flexibility. Uh, Let me just say that I think it was cut in half and literally cut in half. So for example, the example I gave you of the stretch of of, uh, squatting down, I used to be able to squat down all the way to the back of my heels. And after this injury for the first five years, I could only squat to a 90 degree position. And if I went any further than that, it was extremely painful. And I had seen every physical therapists, all sports trainers, and none of them could figure this out. I could not get my range of motion back again, but I had an event which I I gave a name called a muscle epiphany about five years after the accident. That exact stretch that I was telling you about that used to cause so much pain and that I was not able to go past 90 degrees One day I came to the gym and did that stretch, went to my 90 degree position, which caused pain. And I was just so just so frustrated with not being able to to be able to get any more flexibility that I I, it, it was pure anger that I just sat in that position in terrible pain and just sat there. And I just I did not know what to do. This muscle epiphany happened. I held that position longer than I had ever held it before. I was usually good for about 30 seconds. This time I held it for about two minutes. And I consider this a miracle. It let go. After two minutes, my muscles let go and my back and my, I went all the way back to my butt, touched my heels just that one time. And that opened up. A new phase for me, I was immediately out of pain, a hundred percent. I had been in some kind of pain full time for five years. After I did that, I was pain free, absolutely pain free. So all of the light bulbs went off in my head. I said, this is the answer. These muscles had realigned themselves from my injury original injury, and they would not let go. And I finally got them to let go. Now, I could get angry and say, why didn't any of the physical therapists working with me uh, come on to this? Well, uh, looking back, I think they took me as far as they could. They didn't want to see me in pain when I would stretch for any length of time. It would be extremely painful. And I don't think that they could feel the, what I call it, and and all athletes know this, the fine line between pain, the kind of pain that you can push through to recover, and the kind of pain that you can go through that you know is protecting you, that you don't need to be pushing, need to be going there. And it's a hard line to find. And I think the physical therapist said, I'm not going to push him past where he really hurts, or I'm going to re-injure him. And the the reason that the event that I just told you about was just pure frustration. I didn't care if I was going to hurt myself. I wanted to get better. And I held that stretch through extreme pain and I broke through. And from that day on, I think that was in the year 2000. So that's five years after my injury, I was pain-free until, of course, I would work out and be stiff again and then I would have to stretch, but that was the first time and so that, that was the stage one of my getting better five years later and I did it on my own.
0: And you know, this is something that I think many people can relate to in the Pilates world. You can have a teacher, you can have a trainer, you can have a doctor, osteopath, massage therapist, anyone that is working with you, they're not in your body. And you have to trust what you are sensing or feeling or actually having the experience of. I just had a client today and she told me about what her doctor said that she shouldn't be doing. And then she did a certain exercise with me and she said she felt so much better. She felt deeper in her body. And I had to just remind her that she and all of us, when we are in our body experiencing any kind of practice or discipline, we have to trust that what we are feeling is our truth, that we we are experiencing something that either is feels good or doesn't feel good, no matter what someone can say on the outside. And you squatting down, you didn't know whether or not you were going to end up having a released perhaps sacrum it sounds like there was some sacral issues there but you stayed 2 minutes or longer and something opened up and you experienced no pain since before the injury so that's 5 years right and then at some point you are working out again but you do recognize that you lost some of that flexibility that hadn't come back. Correct. So if I can just move you forward to 2021, so we're already 21 years after what you were describing, but Pilates comes into your world. Was I the first? Was I your first, JV? (laughs) You
1: were my first and you brought to me the missing link that I was missing. So back up to when I had the muscle epiphany in 2000, which uh, really helped, I was still missing something. And that was this, after I stretched, I would feel good every day, but at the end of the day, especially after doing yard work or or just a regular workout, I would be very stiff and uh, have a little bit of back pain every day. I was grateful that I had moved past that initial stage in which I was in pain, twenty four seven. But I still knew there was more to go, and I could not solve it at all. Uh, it was there was something missing, and the proof of it was this: I could not gain any strength in those areas that I hurt. They were they were in a way permanently weak. I was able to loosen them up but I was not able to strengthen them. In other words, I was not able to to find any exercises that could strengthen that injured area in my back. It, it always felt weak. I had a feeling of weakness in there. And I knew that the two were connected, me not being back to 100% yet, and the fact that I was not able to find a way to strengthen these areas. If I did any kind of weight training, the standard ones that were supposed to strengthen that weak area, it would be agonizing. Uh, And it didn't last. Uh, It would actually set me backwards. So I knew it was not the correct way to strengthen those areas. So I was able to loosen that area of my body, but I was not able to strengthen it. So I, I still had a ways to go.
0: Then when I started to give you some of the Pilates mat work, do you even recall what I gave you?
1: I I don't. You just introduced me to this new form called Pilates that I had never experienced in my life. And I think with my attitude, which is I am open to anything, as strange as it is, I will try anything. You provided the answer to the missing link. What Pilates did for me was give me a way to gain strength back slowly and be able to hold it without going backwards. And this was the concept of strengthening my core. This was the education that I got from Pilates. I never understood what a core was. I had the old gymnastics, weightlifting, uh, mentality that my core was my back and my abs and my abs were in fabulous shape. I still have washboard abs going all the way back to the bodybuilding years. Well, my core was weak. You exposed my core <laughs> in the very first uh, times that you worked with me. I was really weak. I could not do any of the moves that you do. I remember that. Oh, I couldn't do them at all. I couldn't c- cannot roll up. I could not do anything. And that was very humbling and very eye opening for me. That was it. It was humbling, but it was also gave me a it gave me something to look forward to. Hey, I have a weak area that I didn't know I had. And so I knew that there, that uh, there was a lot of room for improvement that I didn't know could be improved.
0: You see now with all of the new ideas and concepts through Pilates, you understand that when you work this whole midsection of your body, it brings the upper body and the lower body in unison. And when you're bodybuilding, you're working your arms, you're working your back. One day, one day you do legs and I don't know the regimen, but it was always body parts. And... That's how your body recognized movement, body parts. So then when you have an injury that's deep inside the body, you can't access anything for healing, right? I do remember teaching you roll up and you had no clue where to recruit from at all.
1: All I can say, Darian, is very humbling (laughs) because uh, all us athletes, we have egos and uh, uh, we think we're strong and going into an area, uh, that you know nothing about. And having my weakness exposed like that was very humbling and also very encouraging at the same time. Hey, I found an area that really intriguing. needs work. Oh, very intriguing. Interesting. And all of my competitive instinct kicked in at this time. Hey, I don't want to be weak. I don't want to have a weak core.
0: I can't be a weak wussy.
1: Exactly. Right. How can somebody that that can do an unlimited amount of push-ups and pull-ups his whole life and can't even roll up? Well, I can't tell you that that was really something. (laughs) That was really something. It was the beginning of something new for me. And I'm still very excited about it.
0: What did you notice in your everyday activities that started to feel, I'm assuming, with less effort?
1: The first thing that I noticed from starting to do Pilates is I felt some kind of strength in those damaged areas um, around my back. They always felt weak. They were loose. I was able to loosen them, but they always felt weak. Uh, And I started to feel some sort of strength in there. And it was holding Remember, I told you whenever I would stretch on a daily basis, by the end of the day, I was all tightened up again and I'd I'd have to do those stretches the next day. Well, Pilates gave me something that was holding. I actually felt good again the next day. I would stretch anyway because I know that 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 was part of my life. But I felt strong the next day and I kept getting stronger and stronger.
0: Well, what kind of activities, though? I know you mentioned yard work, but just everyday activities. I know you don't stretch all day. So anything that you were doing, did you notice it felt easier, whatever it was?
1: Well, I like to use yard work as as uh, an example because I love to do yard work and it's a part of my life. And yard work is very underestimated as what a traumatic (laughs) (laughs) you can't walk around saying hey you know i'm i'm a yard work king but yard work is puts a lot of stress on your body you're twisting you're pulling you're lifting and yard work was my nemesis for many many years because i refused to give it up and it would cause all kinds of tightness and if you think about it you're you're doing all of your move, all of the moves when you do yard work. You're twisting when you're raking, you're bending over, you're picking things up, you're in all kinds of awkward positions. And so that's why I like to use yard work as the yardstick for uh, getting better. I was able to, after I started Pilates, yard work didn't hurt so much because my core was getting stronger. And a lot of yard work comes from the core.
0: Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) I do remember at one time when I was at your house that you woke up in the morning. I don't know. We were having breakfast. JV makes these amazing elaborate breakfasts every morning. I was spoiled. You walked down from upstairs and you said, you know what? I don't have any pain. And usually I have some pain residual pain from the previous night, and you said, I'm usually having to stretch the very first thing that I get out of bed. And you walked down, you said, I haven't stretched and I have no pain.
1: Yes, I, I remember that. And it was very exciting, very exciting. And this was after years and years again, after trying to find out what could possibly be the answer to that morning stiffness. And I'm going to tell you folks out there right now, it ain't the most expensive mattress you can buy because I went through that too. Gee, I'm waking up stiff in the morning. I must have a lousy mattress. Well, I have a great mattress and that was not the answer. So
0: in terms of finding your own remedies, you also mentioned that in our pre-interview and probably I, I can imagine you were quite discouraged because the PTs and the orthopedic surgeons weren't very helpful. So you walk away not feeling very taken care of or looked out after. So you have to come up with your own way to heal, which I think people resonate with, because like I was saying, doctors don't always know what is best for us because they're not really experiencing what we are experiencing in our body why we are trying to do a certain move.
1: Yes, and I think that's one of the greatest things that I've learned is you have to this goes for this goes for for doctors too and for physical therapists. You have to if you hurt yourself, you have to go get yourself an education. When you come up to speed on your injury or what your body is like you can get better results from the doctor when you are both on the same page. Uh, you stimulate when you have a certain amount of knowledge about your injury. You stimulate the doctor to think harder. Not that you'll ever be on his level with a, a six-year degree. Yeah, but but you need to get. You need to learn yourself about your injury that I did not start to improve until I went and got my own education. That's really important. I want to stress that to everybody. Learn, do, go read, get on the internet, read about the type of injury you have, and you'll ask better questions, and uh, it will help the doctor also. It will stimulate him uh, and, and his creative side to help find a cure. And that goes back to what we, you and I were saying earlier. Everybody's got a, is built differently. Everybody has a different metabolism. Everybody's a little bit different. And I think that w- was part of the problem at the very beginning. I was being put through the, the sports uh, injury machine as a as a standard a piece of... Right. And I was not. My injury was a little bit different than somebody else's. And so therefore, it didn't fit the mold and the the, the remedies that they were giving me were not working. And so I had to customize. Nobody's going to do that for you. You have to learn how to do that yourself.
0: And we're so fortunate to have so much information out there.
1: Oh, we, we live... Darian, we live in a wonderful era right now. Uh everything has improved from medicine to physical therapy, has everything has advanced so much and I'm I'm just saying that in the era now. I mean every era can say that too, but I'm comparing now. We didn't think the 1980s was that long ago. Well, that was 40 years ago and Compared to the advancements that they've made now, that feels like the 1980s was a dinosaur era. Yeah. With medicine and, and physical therapy and sports therapy, it's incredible. And we're lucky enough to be here. It's the equivalent of now of uh, somebody that was born in the 1890s with a dentistry and they had no uh, anesthesia back then. That's what, how I compare uh, from the 1980s to now. We're, we're so lucky. We're so lucky to have this.
0: Are you doing Pilates mat work every day?
1: I do Pilates mat work every day because wow. it is a key component to to my workouts every day. I still do a lot of uh, isotonic work. I li- still love to lift weights, but I can tell you that the Pilates slash stretching, which is what I was before I before I found Pilates is got a much higher percentage of my workout. It used to be
0: a little, just a little of this.
1: Oh, it was 90%. And when I go to the gym, 90% uh, uh, weightlifting and 10% stretching. It's darn near 60-40 now. Uh, 40% of my workout is Pilates slash stretching because it's so important.
0: And you want longevity.
1: I want longevity, right. I really do. We
0: we do lose our flexibility as we age. And that is another miraculous thing about the Pilates technique is not only are we maintaining range of motion, even if it's not as grand as when we were in our teens or 20s, but we're maintaining side by side with the flexibility is our strength. And these exercises, whether it's just on the mat or the apparatus, is giving that to us. And like I said in the opening, Pilates will help anyone. If if you have the time and you're willing to put in the effort, you'll get so much back. And I wanted to ask you in closing, if you have advice for other quote unquote regular people, no one's really regular, but you know what I'm saying not professional athletes, professional dancers, just regular people that want to live a long, healthy life. I find that guys in particular sometimes do not understand. That's why I wanted you on today. They don't necessarily understand how critical it is to care for their body. Holistically. Do you have any advice for those types who just... They can't. They can't get there yet, or they don't know where there is.
1: I sure do, Darian. And this, uh, I want to tell a story. When I was in high school, a senior in high school, or it could have been my freshman year in college, uh, and I came home, and I got invited to a a party. Uh, one of my friends said, "Come on over to to, to my house. Uh, we're getting together." And he was, he his uh, parents were very, very wealthy. They had a huge house. It was a size, of, it was a castle. I'll never forget that. And what was different about this party was his parents were there. Well, you just didn't do that back then. Either it was one or the other. As a matter of fact, we usually didn't get together unless the parents were gone. <laughs> so it was quite startling to see, see all the parents there. But they were very welcoming and they were having a good time. And th- these, all of these, uh, his parents, friends, you could tell they were all really, really wealthy because there was all Cadillacs and Lincolns parked out in the driveway and I was in the pool. We were in the pool and with the s- some of the parents and as the party wound down later on I stayed in the pool. It was a very warm evening and one of the parents stayed in the pool too and he was an elderly man. I think he was in his 60s.
0: Oh my gosh that's not elderly.
1: Oh back then that was. In the 1960s, 60s was elderly, oh you God. bet. And he looked it too. He was all hunched over and uh, he didn't look very good. And he was very quiet. And uh, s- stick with me that uh, because I'll make my point. Okay. It was just he and I in the pool. And he, he said, son, what's your name? I said, my name is John. He said, I'm gonna give you the best piece of advice that I could ever give he said to me i have all the money in the world i said he said i am extremely wealthy and i wrecked my health building my business i feel terrible every day he said i would give away every penny of mine to feel good for one day and i i never forgot that i never forgot that always stuck with me and I didn't forget it. I didn't think much of it, but I, I never forgot that. Why is this guy telling me this? Well, I understand now why he was telling me this. He was in pain every day and he felt terrible and he just would love to feel good again. And there was no way for him to do that. And money could not buy that. Money could not buy that. And therefore, this sentence, I would give away all of my wealth to feel good for one day again. And that stayed with me. And uh, I got two things from that. One, I felt very lucky because I was born on the take care of myself side because I had been an athlete my whole life. I felt lucky that that was a part of my life anyway. That's what I did every afternoon was take care of myself, go to the gym. But that really stuck with me. And now now that I'm in my past, my 60s, excuse me, uh, really, really, it was the best piece of advice I could have ever been given. Unbelievable how important that was because your brain and, and all of your mental capacities are all within your body. If you don't take care of your body, then your, your mental side cannot be taken care of either because it's captive to your body. If you take care of yourself, then your mental will be taken care of also. Of course, there's always additions like playing puzzles and things like that to stay sharp, but your your mental is, is totally ruled by your body. So you take care of your body and uh, you will have a, a much better quality life later on. And that story, I think, tells it all. And so when I see Darien, I mentioned this the other day, when I see somebody in the gym that is new to the gym, and they are, you can tell that they have never, whether it's a guy or a girl, that this is all very strange to them. I a, puts a big smile on their face. It means that they have finally, the light bulb has gone on in their head that they are, need to take care of myself. And they're in in a totally unfamiliar place. They know nothing about working out or getting in shape, but they're there and they're learning. And I applaud them for for giving it a try because that is the key is to take care of yourself. For people that don't know anything about it, the the bottom line is get up and move. Just move, start walking, and then go get yourself an education on what it takes to, to get yourself in shape. That is so important. Money cannot buy it.
0: Do you think men are more resistant to that idea in general because they don't necessarily feel the the importance of having to just move every day? Or if they think they go for a run, that's enough for them?
1: I think, yes, I I agree to a certain extent, Darian. Uh, I think men are more stubborn. And it's not that black and white between a female and a male, but I think men in a way, have bigger egos, and they lock into their whatever they're good at, and it's harder for them to change. Uh, and it's a it's a it's a harder transition. That's all I can say. May, maybe women are, are are a little more open minded to change. Um, I don't know, but yes, I I do think you're right. I think men are, uh, for lack of a better word, they're a little more stubborn.
0: I'd like to see men embrace the Pilates work. Joe is not a dandy, you know. Joe meant business. And I'd like to see more and more men embrace this man's work. And maybe they'll never look fluid and like a dancer. But what their body needs, the Pilates method, can give to them. And I, I think I would just like to see that there is more embracing of this incredible method for all, but in particular for boys and men.
1: If you've adopted an attitude, get to the point where you have an attitude like I had, which is, I'll try anything, Anything. I don't care if it looks like ballet, if it works, (laughs) I'll do it.
0: (laughs) Yes. And weren't there football teams that took ballet classes?
1: Of course, for balance. Uh, Ballet is the best for balance. Yes, Yes. Yes. Yes, it just takes an open mind. It really does. And sometimes uh, the people that are the luckiest that I have an open mind all the time, uh, they're like that all the time. They always want to improve. They'll try anything. And there are other people, and I was kind of in between this, is that I only try new things when the old things didn't work anymore.
0: Or if you think you're going to be good at it.
1: (laughs) Right, right. If you think you're going to be good at it, and believe me, uh, and Darian knows this, Pilates was very humbling to me. (laughs) Boy, oh boy, I looked like a a a flopping monkey out there on the floor. uh, Well, you did,
0: but you kept, but you just let me teach you, and you kept getting better and better.
1: Well, I, I, the key to my success is competitiveness. When if somebody's way better than me at something. I look at it like this. It's only because he's been practicing it more than I have. If I get to where he is, I can do it also. So.
0: Wonderful. JV, thank you so much for your time today and for all of your great insight and your experiences with the Pilates mat work and I see that you're just going to get better and better and feel freer and freer.
1: Yes, Darian, thank you. Thank you for for introducing Pilates to me and it's really, it's gonna be a part of my life from now on, Uh, it's great. I really appreciate it and I appreciate you having me on here today to tell my story.
0: all things pilates is produced edited and hosted by me darian gold mastered audio mix by fabian romero theme music soul blues piano shuffle by boom zoom and if you are liking this podcast would you please consider writing a review you know it won't cost you a penny and you'll make me a happy host One thing to remember about the teachings of Joseph Pilates, his goal was for people of all walks of life to practice his contrology system. He was 100% confident that the method could and would help people experience a healthier life. As with any discipline which requires focus and commitment, the more you give, the more benefits you get. You might say this method is your true friend with benefits. As always, I remain in awe of Joe's work, and I look forward to being with you again in a couple of weeks for another episode of All Things Pilates.